0: Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast. My name is Eugene Driscoll I'm a reporter slash editor with ValleyIndie.org. I cover Ansonia, Derby, and Seymour with the help of correspondent Gene Falbo Sosnovich. So I'm recording this. We're trying to make this really quick. On uh, August 23rd, Monday, August 23rd, we got through Henry Henri, Henry, whatever you want to call it, thanks to everybody who read Valley Indie Facebook uh, over the weekend there, and to Mayor Zekin, uh, Mayor Cassetti, First Select Woman, and Marie Dragonis for sending stuff to the Valley Indy. I do appreciate that. So this episode, this is a weird one. This is an interview I did with a stuntman by the name of Bob Elmore. He played, from what I understand, Leatherface. He was a stunt double, but he ended up with a ton of screen time playing Leatherface in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. What does this have to do with the Valley? Well, I'll tell you. He's going to be in Naugatuck, Connecticut, right? Next month for the CT Horror Fest. So without any further ado, here is Bob Elmore, who will be appearing in September at the CT Horror Fest at the Naugatuck Event Center. Bob, you're appearing at CT Horror Fest on September 18th at the Naugatuck Event Center in Naugatuck, Connecticut, right up the road from me. It's an info. Anybody listening, go to cthorror.com or facebook.com, cthorrorfest. And I wanted to interview you because you play Leatherface for the vast majority of Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2, as you're probably aware. Uh, and it's a movie,
1: absolutely.
0: <laughs> it's a movie that uh, I'm 47. It absolutely right. traumatized me when I first saw it, <laughs> when it came out on VHS in 1986. <laughs> like I know, Oh, it's supposed to be a splatter comedy, but it was not a comedy when I first saw it. Uh, no,
1: it, it, it's not. And it, and it was supposed to be, but it was like, okay. I mean, to me personally, like this is so stupid. It's funny almost, you know? Right. And, uh, so I'm not sure what Toby Hooper had in mind. He was, you know, completely different from one. Completely. So that, that part, yes.
0: Yeah. And let me throw in, I've, got, I've had this theory, you know, with social media, everybody's an expert on everything, myself included. You know, I got a Twitter account oh, yeah. that makes me a film historian, but I have this theory and you can debunk it uh, or not. Toby Hooper makes Poltergeist, right? That's instantly regarded as a masterpiece, but there's, like, these reports in the press almost immediately that, well, it's Steven Spielberg's movie, really. Uh, And this is made a couple of years later, and not only is it different from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1 in every conceivable way, it's completely... Like, there's no way you could predict the guy that made Poltergeist would make the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. So I have this theory that this movie is Toby commenting on sort of the Hollywood system and, 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 and just giving a big F you to uh, established corporate Hollywood. Am I out of my
1: mind? No, you're not. I think that's pretty close to what, you know, I, again, I'm not an expert, man. You, you know, you have an opinion, I have an opinion, you know, and Toby, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg had, uh, had his hand in all that cause that's how he works. Uh, so, you know, Toby is just a cigar smoking, you know, and at that time, him and Dennis Hopper were, were high. They got high every lunch. Who did? Every wait, lunch break. Wait, they were going to his trailer and get higher than a kite and come out. And you know, you've seen those things on many times where you open a door and this smoke pillows out of the, uh, out of a room or a car or whatever it is. That's exactly what happened every afternoon. So,
0: Wait, who was doing that? Cause I missed you for a second. Who was getting
1: high every day? Oh, Toby and Dennis Hopper. This was when Dennis was still on drugs. He got cleaned up after this stupid movie. Excuse me, but uh, that's, you know, it's like, okay. So he, you know, Toby was insane. Uh, You know, he was a nice guy, but he was so intense with everything and everybody. It was just crazy.
0: Yeah, I I have a, this is like the last question, but I'll put it up there right away. I have a friend, uh, Brian Spears. He's a a special effects movie guy, works all over uh, New York City and the East Coast. And he wanted me to ask, uh, I guess there's a rumor that Toby's Dr. Peppers were laced with amphetamines. I don't know if how you could confirm. Or... Oh God, who knows?
1: You know, it, wouldn't surprise liking, you? It, it would not surprise me. Not at all. And, uh, you know, it's probably not true, but man, it sure does, uh, um, look like it. I don't, you know, I don't know. I was so busy, you know, uh, you know, trying to figure out what I had to do. And we as a stunt team were busy trying to set up stuff all the time. So, But, you know, I know all, a lot, excuse me, that uh, they had to go find Dennis. He was over there playing golf with uh, Willie Nelson in Austin. And they had to go to the golf course, find him, and come back. You know, so, yeah, <laughs> it was a wild time.
0: I mean, I, I do have, I had a, a question or two about Dennis Hopper because it is this point in his career where, you know, he has right. kind of a lull, but he comes back with Hoosiers and blue velvet and, and this movie it was is made- all after, Yes, yeah,
1: he was, I think, oh. under contract to do this or something. I don't know. He didn't want to, but he was a professional. And, and for my, for me personally, I mean, I got to work with Dennis Hopper. Jeez, who can say that? Mm. You know, not too many people that are alive anyway. Yeah, but, he- uh, you know, just a just a nice, nice man, you know, just a nice man
0: now was he uh sort of actorly? like did you observing him on the set did you get any hints as to how he like approached his craft or that particular role
1: Well, oh, he you know he's from the old school of uh uh bringing it from within and becoming the character completely and and yes, and we had a we were getting these way back then these sony walkman things, and you could pick up in uh on the FM's, on an FM uh, side of it, because the sound guy, that's what he was using, an FM instead of uh, anything, you know, whatever else they used. And he, he yeah, So you could listen to him, and you could listen to him going really deep with stuff. And he did that with everything he did. He would go deep and then come out with, the, you know, the character. you get into the character, just like, absolutely. Excellent. And uh, that was a, that was very interesting to hear that. And then, uh, you yeah. know, now later on, he was, when he was directing colors in, uh, in Venice, I got down, went out and I'm like, I got to go see him and say hi. And I asked him, do so, you remember all that stuff we did? And he goes, uh, not too much. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he, he was honest, right? I mean.
1: Oh yeah. He's very honest. Oh so yeah.
0: And in terms of some of the stuff he was saying into that uh, uh, Walkman type thing, like, was it just like. Uh, like a mantra or something like that he'd say to get himself? No, no, it
1: wasn't, no. He was just the the character himself, you know, lefty or whatever he was doing, and get into that voice and get into the, uh, just, you know, um, I don't know. Actors, everybody does it differently, but he'd get into it. He would get into it, and he would, you know, bring it up, bring up the line and bring up the line and bring up the line again and stuff like that. And uh, then you know he'd be ready, and they'd go start filming. You know? And uh, that's how he did. he did most of this stuff was like that.
0: And I mean, we're talking about Texas Chainsaw too, but I mean, I guess this is one of your first jobs. And for anybody listening, uh, I mean, one thing that's challenging about interviewing you is that. I'm sure you've ad- probably answered all these questions before. And then everyone listening knows more about horror movies and, and movie history than I am, than I do. Ooh, so,
1: yeah, you know, <laughs> these people are very savvy about what goes on. I mean, I've had people come up to me and they can, you know, dictate verbatim, you know, the lines, and then they start analyzing it. Well, you know, these are movies you don't analyze. This is amb- an enjoyment and you, you know, you get behind the characters and yes. And, uh, you know, I was working with Bill Mosley. It we was this Bill, Mo- Bill Mosley's first big deal, and he mm. he was just crazy, and he that's what chopped top was. So, and I would get in trouble for just watching him do his thing, and I'm right there next to him, and instead of reacting to it, I'm just watching him. And you know, then they have to yell at me for you know to do something because I'm just standing there. And I go, oh yeah, maybe I should. You know, <laughs> and again, here, here we go. I'm not an actor, so I don't know what to do. And I had a lot of people holding me out. Toby would just, you know, scream and holler and stuff. And I was okay. I did come up with a couple of things myself, but uh, most of it was like behind the camera screaming and yelling.
0: <laughs> well, see, like I like, and maybe I'm in, I guess at this point, maybe I'm not in the minority. I remember for years there, I would say, look, I like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 more than part one. It's just a personal preference. Uh, maybe it's right. when I saw it, you know. But I think it, there was a while there where, where there was, like, a negative reaction in some corners, I mean, critically, uh, uh, to this movie. But one of the things I loved about it, and it was another question uh, this guy Spears uh, asked, uh, you know, th- th- there, th- there is some acting in this Leatherface. He's much more animated than, than the first one, and we've learned over the years that is you uh, in there dancing with the chainsaw and doing bizarre right. sexual things uh, with the chainsaw. Uh, <laughs> Was that <laughs> yep. in the script, or was that Toby after a session with Hopper?
1: With no, him? that was, uh, you know, kind of both, okay?
0: Caroline Williams and Bill Mosley, like you mentioned, I mean, talk, those are great performances. Uh, you know, and Bill mosley has gone on to, to do so much. But I wanted to ask. Oh, you, yeah. Like, I mean, you're, you're, you were a stuntman. And and that's that's like sort of uh, it. Still has a mystique. It's still sort of mysterious. I don't think it's a profession. The average Joe knows really anything about beyond what we may have seen in movies or or read in magazines over the years. But you uh, don't
1: you don't see the behind you don't see the behind uh, the rehearsals and the rehearsals and the rehearsals and setting up and it's all about safety and then you want to you know you get a it's a dance and stunt work is a dance and you you speed it up. You speed it up, you speed it up to your done full speed, and then you're, uh, you know, then you're ready to go. But uh takes a lot of time, a lot of prep. I thought, you know, I was very fit at that time in my career. So I wanted to, I did everything, you know, uh, strong. I wanted him to be strong. But then on the other hand, uh, I had to like, you know, you take a face off some guy and you look at it and you play with it and all that icky crap. You know, and, um, so it, it, that was strange for me, hard for me to do it, but, you know, and the result is what happened. But, um, like I played myself before, I've always got beat up or killed every single time in about 35 years, 30 years of, uh, movies and television, you know? So I've had a couple of little parts and so stuff like that, but, uh, mostly a couple doubling people and, uh, getting killed and beat up.
0: And how did you first, this is a reporter question, but how did you first get uh, into the industry? Like, I don't even understand how that well, happens.
1: Well, I was working at a, uh, an amusement park in, uh, in North County Knott's Farm. And Knott's Farm had the wild west show. And that's where uh, there's been several people coming out of there into the stunt business that have gone on to be really, uh, really high ranking and, and longevity and all that. And that's what we did eight hours a day was fall down. And we decided after a couple of years of that, that, you know, maybe we should do this for real. And the process started, but that's where, you know, I was just, I'm so bashful and so shy that getting up in, on stage in front of people was really hard for me to do. And it took a while for me to get into it, but that's how I got started. You know, and uh, the gentleman called Mick Rogers, he was uh, Mel Gibson's double forever and a day. He went on to direct movies. He was a stunt coordinator, 2nd unit director, director. Dan Berenger, who doubled Bill Mosley, was gone on to, you know, he was another uh, stunt coordinator and 2nd unit director. Uh, who else came out of there? So, uh, John Casino who doubled Kurt Russell for years, still doubles him, years and years and years, and he came out of there. So it's been a, a group of guys who... Uh, got their start there and went on. Hey,
0: is there like a, uh, a thing I've heard this with some, uh, actors and their makeup artists? Does an actor basically get to pair up and say, this is my stunt double and they'll, they'll pair together for the, the length of the career. Is that something that happens?
1: Well, it all, you know, I mean, that's, they, they ask, I was luckily enough to be, I doubled John Candy and I was in his contract for three movies. Uh, I did six movies for all together. Oh no, but three of them were under contract. And yeah, that's, uh, It's very very seldom does it happen, but every once in a while it does. And there's a few guys running around that are in that category. You know, uh, if you're a big enough star, you can bring your people. John brought his own makeup artist, his dresser, you know, he had personal assistants. And we all were part of a team that uh, uh, went with him. So that was a very, you know, very unique, very, uh, very good time.
0: Yeah. What was, I mean, John Candy legend, of course, and uh, another reporter question, but what, what was he like, uh, you know, while not filming?
1: Uh, just, just a, you know, a, a great man. He was very, you know, he was busy all the time. If he wasn't filming, he was on the phone, you know, taking care of business and stuff like that. But when he wasn't, and there were times when, you know, uh, we got together that, you know, and he he was a family man, he had two kids, lovely wife. And, uh, We talk about kids and this and that, and that's how he was. And what
0: about, uh, in terms of uh, being a stunt performer, has there ever been a movie that accurately represents uh, what the job is like?
1: Oh, yeah. Looper. Really? Burt Reynolds. Yeah, the group behind him, Stas Unlimited, Al, Al Needham, was one of the original stunt guys. How oh, was a, a ground, you know, groundbreaker. He, uh, he, he almost started it all. I'm sure they were, oh, how about Buster? Keaton? He was a star man, you know, silent. And he did everything. And that was, no, that was all him. There was nothing, you know, there's no strings, no wires, no nothing. Mm. A lot of, you know, camera stuff that happened back in the day. But yeah, Hooper kind of gives you a, a, uh, a more realistic uh, thing about stunt Guys. Some of it is just not true, but a lot of it
0: is. And that's an entertaining movie. That's one of those that, that holds up. It's definitely held up uh, over the years. Oh, yeah. And, absolutely. Right, and from what I've read, or, you know, again, uh, from Twitter, not saying this is uh, direct source material, but, you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, came out uh, two years ago, and I've read that, like, sort of the, the, the character that, Leonardo DiCaprio plays is based somewhat on the relationship Burt Reynolds had uh, with Hal, Hal Needham. Did you find... Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's true. Absolutely. Okay. The way they were, they were just sort of best friends uh, and soulmates, uh, I guess, to some degree. Uh, there's that, I guess it was sort of controversial, the scene where uh, Brad Pitt's character, uh, uh, the stuntman himself, uh, messes around with Bruce Lee. And Tarantino right. said that you know that you, we hear these stories over the years. Bruce Lee allegedly had a uh, habit of uh, of not pulling punches when he'd be in fight scenes with stuntmen. Uh, allegedly, same thing with Steven Seagal. That kind of trailed him uh, for a couple of years. Did you ever encounter something like that?
1: Uh, on Absolutely. The set? I, I've got a Steven Seagal story. I I was uh, hired to double an actor. Mike Starr was his name, and he was uh, I, I'm going to try to remember the name of the movie. Uh, something underground. I'm not sure. Okay. And uh, so I go there. And Stephen, they introduced me to him. Sir, how are you? And, and and he goes, well, you make a good double for this man. I said, well, thank you very much. And he goes, now, have you had any martial arts training? I go, yeah, a little bit. I I, I study under Gene LaBelle. Oh, that mother. Oh, that. No good, no, blah, 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 and so on and so on. So he goes, here, let me come in, I'm going to test you, and I said, okay, fine. Man. So we go off to, on the side of the set, and then he, uh, he goes, okay, now I'm going to hit you, and you take, you know, take a hit. Well, he hit me, he did a throat, he hit me in the throat with his hand, you know, and knocked me into a wall, I couldn't speak, and, uh, you know, I'm going, oh, my God, you know, and, and I said, you know, when I, when I recovered, cause he, and, and he is a very good martial artist, absolutely. And I'm nothing from that, but of it It always has been. That, uh, so I said, look, dude. I said, you know what? I signed a contract. I'm getting paid today. This was and I'm going to go home. No, 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 no. So I ended up okay. So I ended up. I put a belly pad on to both, to double Mike because it, you know, it was going to be the five or six stomach punches and then he was going to throw me into a trophy case so i come out and he goes no no pads you're a stunt man take it i go okay now i'm looking at him and he's got this indian you know thing on like a shirt or leather or something and underneath it he had a girdle on you know i go, holy crap okay so anyway long story short He hit me so hard, he lifted me off the ground. I'm 260, 70 pounds. Hit me that, and now he's in a keto. Keto is against the joint on everything they do. And if you don't go with that, you get hurt. And he grabbed me Well, I went with him. We went into the trophy case. I totally destroyed it. And, uh, yeah, I'm going home. So that was was my experience with Steven Seagal.
0: And did he, does he ever get, or on that particular, I guess, I guess you're talking about on deadly ground where he's dressed as uh, oh, a, there
1: you go. There it
0: is. That's it. kind of, it's a ridiculous one, but did he ever get any comeuppance or anything like that? Cause you hear, you know, the, the stories are that when an actor does something like that and uh, shows some blatant disrespect, eventually somebody yeah. punches him in the face. Is, has that happened? Well, he got,
1: he got choked out by LaBelle. LaBelle choked him out one day with this big confrontation they had. And then it was like, oh, no, you know, and then it never happened. They had too so many witnesses. And, and, you know, Gene Bell was a famous, famous stuntman. Mm. He has uh, been doing it for 40, 50 years. He was a, a, a national champion judo artist. He trained uh, the Japanese judo team. Judo team, he's a fifth-degree master or whatever. And he's the only man around that wears a pink D. You know, so <laughs> Gene, Gene is famous, and he did. he put him out that he's yeah, like, I mean, so, basically
0: gene labelle is like he was mma mixed martial arts 50 years before the term was coined it
1: was absolutely and he trained so many people and all that you know but he's a he's a ground guy you know
0: and uh and then when something like that happens with somebody like i'm sorry i interrupted you go ahead finish no it. no no go ahead i was just gonna ask like when something happens like that with Seagal, uh, you know what do you do as as a performer when you have somebody like that uh, treating you is there any recourse uh in terms of... you know
1: what, I mean, it, it's hard because you're you are a professional so now you're working and you're making money to do this okay was it what he did to me was necessary no it wasn't you know and he would hurt people all the time he would hurt his people that studied under him and he would do that all the time it was not unusual. But you know, you're a working stunt man, you don't want to get a reputation of being uh difficult and you, you know, it's a hard that's a hard question because you don't you know, you word gets out that you know you're being a you know, prima and not doing your job, well then you don't work. So recourse is real hard, but uh you know has both those stories are true.
0: Has that changed at all? I mean one thing we've seen over the years uh, actually Really rapidly over the last couple of years, where there's this been there's been this reckoning of the way people uh, in power on a movie set behave. Uh, that stuff may that may have been tolerated a couple of years ago uh, isn't being tolerated anymore. Do you get any sense that? No, happening? that's
1: it's, it, yeah, that's different now. It is it, you know everything is watched. You have people you know, and and like I said, it, falling down on the ground is very dangerous. Even if you just fall, you know, a little trip fall. And so they, they make sure that uh everything is covered. You, know, you have the ability to do it. You can't lie about this stuff because it's such a small community. Work gets out really quick about it. So you have to, you know, uh, be honest with yourself and be honest with the people that are you know, that are around you. But now yeah, sets today are a lot different than they were, you know, twenty five, thirty years ago.
0: Uh, and then just like doubling back for a second and I apologize for skipping all over the place but oh, go right ahead. in terms of uh, you know the actual physical work you did on Texas Chainsaw 2 is there anything that sticks out uh, the most in your mind because from what I've heard I mean that was a grueling grueling shoot for you
1: well that was probably the hardest job I ever did uh, conditions were terrible I mean it was 110 degrees 100% humidity. And on stage, it was uh, 130, 40, 150 degrees because of all the lights. So, uh, on that course. And then, uh, right at the beginning of the shoot, I broke my wrist. So, I worked the whole whole movie with a broken wrist and then uh, um, got sick. Uh, I had to go to the hospital for a booster shot, got that, swelled up like a tomato and then I had to deal with that I, all the time still working, so I was I earned every penny I made.
0: <laughs> and that you broke your wrist uh in that sort of infamous uh opening scene with the on the on the on the bridge where the guy gets
1: his head On the bridge, yeah. Well I was trying to, you know, cutting uh the, the driver in the Mercedes and not, you know, tearing up the door and doing this and not trying to hurt the actor. Um we did the scene before with the stunt guys, and we just tore it up. And, then you know, they got out of the way of the saw. And then I had to go in for a close-up of the actor, and I had to be really careful. And then, you know, the saw weighed 74 pounds, so I'm trying to deal with that. And snap, there it goes. And uh, So I didn't finish the night. Another stuntman that was there, Tom Morgan, put the stuff on, and we did, he did one driveway scene at the very end of the of the bridge, you know, at the very last one and uh, and I went to the hospital for that. They put it they said, Well you broke the wrist, I'm gonna put a cast on I go, No, I can't. Because I've I've gotta finish this job, you know, nobody else can do it. So I ended up with a half cast wrapping it and then I would unwrap it, work, come back, put ice on my on my wrist, uh go back, take it off, go back and do it again, da 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 and that went off forever
0: and I guess the, the mindset being that this is one of your first uh, uh, jobs, from what I understand. And if you bow out yeah. because of an injury, that's that's would that that's the end of your career before it starts.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you know, you you, you get the, you, that is a mindset. You know, it's a, I'm not, it's not really that bad, so I'm going to continue. And it would just it was just get crazier and crazier. But again, you know, at the beginning of your career, you can't go. I you can't do it, uh, you know, this. Like, well, I decided that, you know, I had to, had to finish it. Luckily I did. Like I said, I made a lot of money. I earned everything, but I made a lot of money and, uh, um, went on from there.
0: And what about that movie sort of famous, uh, cause it's Canon films. I, uh, uh, Toby Hooper, I guess had done a bunch of, or had, it was in the middle of doing a bunch of movies for Canon who weren't known for spending billions, uh, on their films. And I read somewhere, and I have no idea if this is true, that the budget was cut by about a million dollars halfway through. Did you feel or know of any of that uh, on the set? That one I
1: didn't know, but I, I know it, at the end, you know, it was a time factor then. And it was, uh, you know, this is the end, period. This day, everything stops. There's no more money. Everything is done. And we ended up uh, the last three days of the shoot working straight through. With no, you know, we just twenty four, forty eight, seventy two hours, and they filmed everything they could think of filming. You know, we were stealing shots, which is uh, driving down the street without, you know, without permits and stuff. We had uh, guys in cars following us with cameras, and you know, and just all that kind of thing that happened right to the end. We were told we were leaving on a certain date. We were packed up, checked out of the hotel, get ready to go. No, we have to do this, this, and this, and this. Well. We're checked out. Our families were trying to get all of us, and we're checked out. Nobody knew where we are. We're on the set with our luggage. So at the very last, you know, when it was done, finally, hallelujah, we went to the airport and came home.
0: <laughs> that was that. It's, it's telling that one of your first big jobs was the, uh, the toughest to get through. I guess that's a good thing, right? You can handle that uh, as a young guy.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was, like I said, it was just unbelievably hot, and working in those conditions is just not good for anybody.
0: And, and at what point did you start to realize, oh, there, there's sort of a, a, a rabid fan base for this, and when did you start doing uh, uh, conventions?
1: You know, um, I mean, maybe four or five years ago, I get a call from a guy, and he goes, um, were you in Texas Chainsaw Part Two? Go yeah. He goes, what you do? I go, well, I did everything. Um, I said, yeah, I did. You know, like ninety eight percent of it. Why? He goes, well, there you know, there may be an opportunity for you to go to conventions, sign autographs, and make you know make a couple of bucks. I said, oh okay. And I started doing that, and I've been doing it, you know, maybe four years now. And uh, I get to meet a lot of people. I'm nobody that I've met. One person, hasn't been you know kind and gracious, and 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 they're they're aficionados of the uh, of the film. They know everything by heart, <laughs> and they're just true true fans of the movie. And it's a little you know I'm a little taken back by that because I don't understand it, but I appreciate it very much. And uh, I love meeting people. It affords me an opportunity to uh, you know. We do things. My wife and I, we travel now. So it, for, it affords us to travel a little more and um, do things. And uh, it's just great to get out and uh, go to different parts of the country and meet different people from all these different parts. Uh, I've been to Germany three times. I've been uh, uh Rotterdam, Northern Ireland, uh, England, So, it, it, and all because of this goofy little movie that happened. 35 years ago or however many years
0: it definitely has a following and and now you get to come to naugata connecticut bob forget germany Heck you're coming yeah. to connecticut's naugata oh, yeah. valley forget about it
1: <laughs> forget yeah absolutely i'm excited i i you know what is exciting is meeting different people is what is exciting for me you know i may tell this story a million times but that's okay <clears throat>
0: Yeah. And that's a good show like that. uh, I went to the, it's, it's a relatively new show. It's probably four or five years uh, old. So it's like a good crowd. uh, It's well-organized and the people that run it are good people. So, uh, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be vending that. I got a podcast. I'm going to have a table there. So maybe afterward.
1: Absolutely. uh, We can uh, do it. I'll buy you a (laughs) beer. Heck yeah. I'll yell at you. You know, we'll yell at each other and, and whatever you just make sure you make sure you find me. So I know who you are. And then we can, we can do a little shout out or whatever you
0: want to do. <clears throat> yeah, well, Yeah, but we'll be hanging out or whatever. I'll hear some more Gene LaBelle stories. I mean, that's pretty... Uh, Absolutely, i got a few. That's pretty cool. All right, so yeah. well, those are my questions. I, I want to thank right. you uh, uh, so much for uh, taking the time uh, and chatting with me for a good 30 minutes. I appreciate it.
1: Well, here's the thing, okay? Just remember that the Saw is family. So there you go.
0: <laughs> Hallelujah, amen. Amen. All right, Bob, safe travels. Thank you.
1: All right, man. And I'll see you in a week or so or two weeks or however long it is.
0: Absolutely. Take care. All right, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.